Good morning. It's January 17th. It is a truly cold morning in New York City, with yesterday's snow and ice hanging on. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The lead story on the front of the New York Times, across two columns on the right, is a political memo item. In Iowa, Trump tightens grip on national psyche. Some discussion questions. What is the national psyche? How does the idea of the national psyche correspond to the upper right-hand corner of the front page of the New York Times? What does it signal to put a political memo piece, rather than a straight news story, in that spot? Can the judgments and actions that produced this story in this place be attributed to Donald Trump? The story says, Mr. Trump is back as the dominant figure in American political life. Destined again to be ubiquitous, his entwined legal and electoral dramas set to shadow the nation's consequential year. Paragraph break. He also never actually left. Paragraph break. What then is the nature of this reversal that we are being told is not a reversal? And who exactly is responsible for bunking the premise of Trump's irrelevance that is now being debunked? Aren't the people writing and editing this story about whether Trump is back or whether he never left? the people who've been responsible for settling that question and communicating their findings to the public over the course of the past three and a half years? For whom, in the end, is this political memo being memorandized? Next to that, on page one, is a three-column pairing of one graphic and one story. The story, with four bylines and sourcing almost entirely dependent on the Israeli military, is Scope and Quality of Gaza Tunnels Awe Israelis. It recounts how very, very many tunnels there are built by Hamas under Gaza, and what an incredibly sophisticated military infrastructure they represent, how there are 100 or 200 more miles of them than the Israelis originally thought there were, nice deeper tile-lined ones for the commanders, shallower ones for the grunts, connected, again, according to the Israeli military, to homes, hospitals, mosques, and other civilian infrastructure throughout Gaza. Not that reporters were allowed very far into these tunnels, nor does the story, amid all this Israeli military testimony, produce any evidence of the giant command center underneath Al-Shifa Hospital, the most famous military justification thus far for what otherwise seemed like a blatant attack on a civilian facility. Nevertheless, there are tunnels, many, many tunnels. Above that story, and referring to a story inside on page A6, is a map of the southern Gaza evacuation zone, peppered with red dots, Each dot represents a 2,000-pound bomb dropped on a densely populated place. Powerful bombs, the caption says, routinely hit so-called safe areas. Visual evidence, it says, shows 208 bomb craters in areas that Israel ordered Palestinians to move to for safety. Unlike the tunnel story, the map is based not on military spokespeople, but on, it says, New York Times analysis of satellite imagery and drone footage. And next to that, in the leftmost column, Newest salvo shows limits of U.S. strikes. Pounded, Houthis keep menacing ships. The news is that our escalating attacks on the Houthis do not seem to have discouraged them in the slightest from their attacks on shipping, as we recover that old familiar feeling of expanding a military campaign without achieving the goal that the expansion is supposed to accomplish. Speaking of expansion, on page A9 comes word that Iran attacked Pakistan and Iraq yesterday in what it said was retaliation for terrorist attacks in Iran. Below the fold on page A1 is the story of an NYPD cop who got himself in trouble by giving traffic tickets to people who committed traffic violations, even if they brandished police benevolent association cards, 
which according to the real laws that run the city, rather than the silly laws written down on paper, certify them as either friends and family or financial backers of the police, who are therefore allowed to do whatever they want on the road without penalty. And in related news about how cop culture works around here, page A13 has the story of how Mayor Eric Adams, in ever-deepening legal trouble for his apparent fundraising violations, has raked in $732,000 in donations to his legal defense fund. Don't worry. Under city law, the people who have given $732,000 to the mayor for his own personal benefit cannot be anyone with city contracts or business before the city. Nothing to see here, just friends. Like former Mayor Michael Bloomberg, it turns out, chipping in to help a friend in need. If any of those donations do turn out to be fishy, presumably Mayor Adams can raise more donations to defend himself against whatever charges may arise. And on page A2, the Times does one of its quasi-stories looking at the paper's own internal business, quoting its Hard Fork podcast on the subject of the Times' lawsuit against OpenAI and Microsoft for their having used the Times' material to train AI systems. But what jumped out here is simply that the Times illustrated this with a picture of the New York Times building with the New York Times logo running across the face of it, taken apparently from across the street, which is what everyone else does when they have to illustrate a story about the New York Times because they don't have any access. Why is the New York Times depicting the concept of the New York Times with an outsider shot of the Times building? Get a picture of the podcast studio. Get a picture of the lawyers. The whole point of this story behind the story rubric is to make the readers feel like we have a look inside. Instead, we get the dang facade. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow.